Let me guess. You're bummed because your acceptance letter from a certain school of witchcraft and wizardry was never delivered by Owl. Or you're sitting there wishing you could find more stories about wizarding schools that are a little more inclusive and open. I was just like you. Well, that was until I discovered Saved by the Spell. From Dreamer Productions, the company behind podcasts like Saturday Morning Confidential and Exit Stage Death comes Saved by the Spell, your spellbinding gateway taking you chapter by chapter through magical academies from across this literary reality and the next. Class starts in November, where you will go inside Breakbills University for magical pedagogy from Lev Grossman's The Magicians. Saved by the Spell can be found exclusively on Dreamer Productions' Patreon feed by following the link in the show notes below. So get ready, students, to be saved by the spell. Actors to places. Thank you, places. It's time to exit stage death. Welcome back to Exit Stage Death. As always, I'm your co-host, Maddie Limerick. And I'm your co-host, Zibli Martinez. And this is Theater Geeks in the Morning. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I love it. And these are the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows. Oh, yes, and here we are again. And I just want to tell people just a little peek behind the curtain because we recorded out of order this time because it's been fun. But we have just, this is our fourth episode in 48 hours that we are recording so uh this should be a fun one we are losing our minds <laughs> wonderful things the things we do for the art that we love now we love it so now um true crime is full of stories of cults and charismatic people using their influence to lead thousands astray i mean i've already talked about shen yun but today i want to talk about what i'm calling the power of theater corrupted now, you, like myself, come from a religious, religious upbringing, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes. Are you Catholic? Catholic? Yes, I, w- I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. You I are am, not anymore. <laughs> I, am a, I, am a, I am a child of the revolution trying to figure things out. Won't stop the children of the revolution. I, it makes its way into every fucking podcast. Yes, it is, <laughs> yeah, it does. But I will also say, because I was just talking about what old soundtracks used to do like they would slap like even mm-hmm. songs inspired by a movie that like didn't make the cut but like made the soundtrack like Moulin Rouge parts one and part two disc one and two where five Baz Luhrmann always does this because he did it with Romeo and Juliet he did it with the great god Spe. um mm-hmm. like it's just so good but that was also so back good. when it was like peak soundtrack time like there are movies that i've never seen that i know all of their soundtracks in and out because the soundtracks were just fire truly that that music is so good that i could just identify and i feel like the last movie that that happened with that comes to mind is like pirates of the caribbean yes for film as far as film scores go no i will say two modern ones that have done that were black panther and into the spider-verse Okay, Fire. Black Panthers was 
amazing. Absolute fire. I mean, and like Love, Simon did something really good too with like Romantic and Call Me By Your Name is problematic because the movie is that score and soundtrack is just beautiful because they're integrated together between Mm -hmm. the electro pop sound plus the classical piano sound. It was all incredible. So I just live for- And we love a Oh, a Heartstopper. Yes, Heartstoppers is so- Sound So, so good. Oh, it's so good. Um, You know, what's funny is I was reading, oh, I was reading Kieran Gillen's run of Young Avengers from 2013 for another podcast the other day. And at different points, it says, play this song, this song, and this song while you're listening to, to, while you're reading today's issue. And so by the end of it, you have a full soundtrack for it. And it really, really enhanced that. But so much like your upbringing and my upbringing. Now, I will say being Protestant versus being Catholic. Protestants, we found out ourselves at church way more, unless you were one of those people that morning mass every day. Um, The the church was my community. I I did Mm -hmm. fit in better with the kids there than I did at school. But like, I was still the weird kid. Um, And when I say that I went to a big church, We're talking 1,500 to 2,000 families on a Sunday big. And my family was very involved. Like, we were there four nights a week at least. We did a wana. We did choir. My dad ran all the children's church stuff. And as part of this church, we had, like, choirs and orchestras and all of these, like, praise and worship teams. Um, And it just culminated in massive musicals at Christmas and Easter. Like, most people know big nativities. They know big Easter pageants. But when I tell you musicals now i know this is where a lot of like the sect between christianity kind of falls down the middle but did you all do anything that felt theatrical through your your your, i was gonna say synagogue (laughs) (laughs) um we definitely like well i mean to be fair catholic a catholic ceremony Mm -hmm. so reamed out by my family but whatever um (laughs) like a catholic ceremony like literally it's very theatrical in itself. It's all pomp and circumstance. It truly, mm-hmm. and it's very ritualistic. Yes. It's the same thing every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same format. Like the only thing that changes are like the readings, the gospel. The homilies are like pretty much always the same. Yeah. Um, but it's always in the same order. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like it's it's very rare that they go over an hour. Mm-hmm. But the days, but but. Um, at least in my church, there was always like the kids always had like a, a Christmas pageant of some kind. Of course. Oh my God! I remember when I was Mary in the Christmas pageant. Of course. Of you, course she was. Let of course me, she was. Let me tell you. Let me tell you her choices. Okay. Like we didn't have. Thankfully, because I think it's bizarre when there's a real baby used. So we used like a baby doll because mm-hmm. I'm like I would not trust a child to walk mm-hmm. down those long ass aisles. But do I want to see that baby Jesus get dropped? Yes, I absolutely do. Oh. <laughs> So it was a baby doll, and I think it actually may have been my baby doll. Method, method, method. Very method. And I, oh my God, I, oh my God, this is so guttural. I remember putting the baby down and like really like, I think I also had braces at the time, so it was a Luke baby. And I was like very just like in, I was in character, and I was like, yes. 
and I remember putting the baby down, and I just kept. I just remember like always making a choice. I mean, like Mary, people are looking at me. That Literally, that that song's playing. That's playing in the background. Walk water. <laughs> and then, like, I, I just kept bending down and just like giving it a kiss, like giving it a kiss on its forehead, and like doing that like finger behind like the hair of like I'm a cool girl. Look at what. Look at the choices I just made. Just peering <laughs> off over your shoulder, just into the infinite night. I was like, bitch. I was literally looking out to that audience being like, are there any agents? Are there any, like... Disney Channel, are you here? Nickelodeon, where are you? Please cast me. Sesame Street, Um, even. Call me. Sesame Place was not far from me. Um, But um, the the other, like, very theatrical time in... In church was always at Easter. Oh, yeah. Okay, so like Palm Sunday, like for Holy Week and like that whole time, um, Palm Sunday was usually particularly eventful. And then like Good Friday and stuff because, and they always felt like the very, very similar services where you would get, my sister and I would call it like Catholic calisthenics, where you would like mm-hmm. get up and kneel down multiple times mm-hmm. throughout the ser- service. But then there was like a script in mm-hmm. in everybody's like hymnals where like the audience would like the the well, audience the congregation would like basically play the people we would basically play like the townspeople mm-hmm. I guess it would be considered the, I think it was read as like the Jews which it's like mm-hmm. this probably problematic where we'd be like crucify him crucify him it was very J- Jesus Christ superstar and like someone would be on one microphone as like punched pilot another person would be on another as jesus and like i gotta tell you i remember sitting in those fucking pews being like can we please get a little inflection can we please get a little acting because someone would be like it is my father my father take me now and i'd be like can we please can we please all right everyone put a little can we- emphasis on the wrong on a different syllable. Can we hold the room? All right, thank you, everyone. Can we hold the room? Thank you. Thank you. You're doing brilliant work. Very inspired. But what I want us to see is just like feel the mmm of it. Like I just want you to squeeze it. Squeeze a little bit. Feel the cosmicness of what he knows that he can see of his forethought as the son of God. Great, great, great. We got it. We got it. Just more mmm, but like from your pelvis, but like not sexual, but like from your pelvis. I'm sorry. I'm like, just I gotta say, like, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to hear what you gotta say because all I know is that from the Catholics' perspective, mm-hmm. it was just like, it was like, it was saltine crackers, mm-hmm. baby. Oh, of like, course. It, there was, there was no like gusto. And, like, well, I would always, my, uh, my bisexual ass is sitting in my seat being like, can we get a fucking little <laughs> something well, going, please? Especially after we'd all seen Sister Act at that point, and you're just like, why is this? But speaking of Sister Act, so my youth choir, every year starting the year that I was in like seventh grade, we did the Sister Act 2 version of Joyful, Joyful <gasps> without the rap yes. version. But like thinking back, when you say saltines, we were all white kids, all white <laughs> kids. And I was always so mad because when I was a baby, she was a tenor. She was a tenor. She <gasps> sang top part. But I was not the, the assistant pastor's son who was very handsome at all ages. I had a big crush on him and his brother they were blonde they just were perfection and I guess sang better than me but whatever it's fine you could not tell me that I was not the star (laughs) who never got the role um but he always got the the Lauren Hill solos but like as an adult now I was like thank (laughs) god because I'm like 
Oh yeah, because it was always like a sweet boy. It was just joyful, joyful Lord. And now I just be like joyful, joyful Lord. We are not. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm making everyone live through this, but but yeah, no. I love so it, it was. Though. I didn't realize at the time that the scale that that church was producing on. Like, until I started doing high school theater, which was being produced so much lower. Like, we're talking fully produced regional theater level shows. Like, massive sets. Because the sanctuary was big. but And, like, it was, like, lots of raised platforms on the stage. Like, it was really beautiful. But because of that, and everything could pull off of it quickly. And, like, nothing was attached to the floor. You could pull everything away. And you had, like multi-level sets and like where the baptismal was up in the middle had a wood plank that went on the top of it so you could have like four people standing up there like so it was just it was a theater person's dream to have levels to work on now we had full orchestra like 30 piece orchestra everybody was mic'd like it was a huge deal and we had really talented people in my church some that were so incredible they went on to be part of hillsong in the mid-2000s like recording artists like one doves won grammy awards for writing and working so like there wait wait. is is doves is that the dove awards for christian music yes it absolutely is i cannot Mm -hmm. Uh mm -hmm. so there were these companies that were like mti that would produce musical scripts and scores for churches to produce and you could walk into your fellow like your local family christian bookstore and there'd be a wall of them and you get the like libretto and this the cd or tape with the whole show on it um and then you could either buy backing tracks or have a live orchestra they would send everything but it worked the exact same way and i remember always loving being involved so like when people ask what like my first church show was like i was like seven eight doing these shows now this church was called spotswood baptist and i bring this up only because they have since been making national news as being a key planning point for the january 6th insurrection on washington oh yeah a huge deal and like i'll I'll say the church wasn't that way back then like publicly Mm -hmm. they did out me to my family like that is just a thing and they drove my family out of the church like fuck them um get fucked yeah take your dove awards and yeah so the community outreach and missionary work was a huge part of what this church did like we did a brazilian rainforest mission trip every year romania we did teen mission trips like i learned how to like it was mormon level Mm. like jehovah's witness level like we were like we would go to virginia beach for a week and like would witness to people on the beach like it was just one of those things um so y'all were like Walking the walk and talking we were, the talk. Well, we were walking or, the, we were talking the talk. We were trying to visibly walk the walk, but then also my queer ass had some other shit going on. Um, and you were, you were voguing the Vogue, baby. Voguing the Vogue. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it was like when we went to Virginia Beach and it was like eighth grade and he was like, do not go into this church because it is not a good church. It's the gay church. They rewrote the Bible to be gay. And I, I, and I found out later it's a metropolitan community church, which mm-hmm. is one of the first sects of Protestant that welcomed queer people had queer clergy and it's amazing they didn't rewrite the bible but you also had people talking about like jonathan and david were clearly lovers like like judas clearly loved jesus like there were all these things that are there like jesus like that was the first place where someone was like jesus was a militant queer brown jew who like was a socialist like these were all mm-hmm. things that like modern christians would hate sorry sorry for anybody that's shocked by that um 
But I was. I think we've said it before. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but this, this church did serve the community in great ways. But also, in many ways, like if you were coming to get food from the help from the food pantry, which we had, I worked in. Um, mm-hmm. You would just sit through religious counseling, who witnessed to you ahead of time and talked to you about how you got where you were, so that you needed the help, and then they tried to convert what? them. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So the youth pastor who was an absolutely <laughs> evil, he was an absolutely evil man who has like tried to friend me on Facebook since then. And he can go fuck off. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. he was my mentor. And when I started acting out in school from years of stress and bullying, he was involved in trying to make the youth program grow larger and make me a key part of that. So he brought in this program that he had worked with in Virginia Beach at his previous church called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. So to fill everybody in, we're going to talk about three different pieces today. Yeah, And I'm not going in super in-depth for a lot of reasons, but just because we could be here three hours. But if you want to know more, I can always do more. Um, And so... And also, like, don't share if it's, like, for yourself, Maddie, like... Protect yourself, yeah. protect your soul, because we're, that's a lot to go through. We're, we're at the point where, like, I've worked through that trauma already, but, like, it's still one of those things that, like, this started off as, like, a fun memory that I then am unpacking as a theater person and as, mm-hmm. like, quote-unquote woke for whatever that means and, like, progressive person now. Um, right. So... Heaven's Gates House Flames was started in the mid 80s by Reality Outreach Ministries. Now, if I know one thing about Tumblr and the internet, it's that ex church kids are some of the most vocal on the internet. Now, while you yep. can find a live link to Wikipedia about this show, the link has been taken down by Wikipedia at the request of someone. And other than that, there is so little information that is available, which for something that serves like 800 churches a year there's so little available about this other than buying the dvd buying the rights or watching it on youtube um like m there are two words two words for that red flags just red flags for me i know that the other two words are going to come up i'm going to save it also yeah oh yes they will oh they absolutely will so other than finding some subreddits uh on hashtag x christians and a very small but opinionated page on fan wiki called god awful movies um (laughs) there's just like no presence like the ministries itself doesn't even really have a presence their website says almost nothing which again when you find the wiki the wikipedia link that's on google there's info there and you can tell it's not written by somebody that has a good thing to say. And then you click on it and it says, oh, this is no longer a live link. It has been taken down. Mm-hmm. Please feel free to submit information. And it's like, oh. But so essentially this show is 12 vignettes presented to a large audience for $4,500. Your church obtains the show license for a weekend. And a missionary family in an RV with a trailer of various lighting and sound equipment shows up. And in 48 hours, they launch the show. Sounds like theater works. Yep. So literally like one night they audition everybody. The next day they work through the 12 scenes, do a dress rehearsal, and then you do the first showing. Like I think we did three performances at my church. Like I think um, they do the casting from the church body and the local community and they bring in about 40 to 50 people um, rehearsal one day. This just sounds nuts. Like, again, it sounds like a truck and truck and van show from yeah. from from um, from networks like it's just or, or theater works like. For sure. But like, <laughs> yeah, but like by any stretch of the imagination, this is just crazy. But like the walls of the sanctuary would be covered in silver mylar to help create heaven, like floor to ceiling. Think of the inside of Pop-Tart wrappers. 
just curtains and they're 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 above air conditioning vents so they just kind of waved the whole time now very tammy faye baker very t- well yes we will get there i love her though her legacy I love her. um I love tammy. the because she's a she is a true example despite jim's issues mm-hmm. that tammy and especially after she and Jim had their falling out, Tammy supported LGBT people more than anyone else. She mm-hmm. found, when she was poor, she found scholarship money for queer kids that have been thrown out of their homes, like all these things. Like Tammy, the, the it's a yeah, the Eyes of Tammy Faye documentary made by World of Wonder shows a lot more than the movie ended up showing. And Jessica Chastain just did not capture Tammy in the way. But like And I feel like if you got World of Wonder mm-hmm. covering it, like that's how you know that yeah. it's like the queer community's like, no, we claim her. Yeah. Oh well everybody loves Tammy, but it's also every I mean it's and nobody realizes that everybody loves puppets is a Tammy quote. Like you know, but it's just she was an example of someone who was a modern apostle who was in the end living what Christ wanted and helping people again, you know, there was still the years of ripping people off. I, she had to know what Jim was doing, not like sexually, but like ripping people off in money. But so like, she's not perfect, but like, you know, you have to commend the people. Yeah. You have to commend the people who actually do understands Christ's message. And so the show itself has one aspect connecting the scenes, which is whatever happens, everyone in the scene dies. Every, every scene, and that's the problem is there's no, like, through thought of the show other than everyone dies and you end up on the other side. And the scenes are just everyday scenes. So you're driving, uh, you're at a party, all these things happening, and everybody dies. Then they find themselves outside the pearly gates of heaven. Now, during the scene, they would address some sort of anti-Christian behavior, whether it's doing yoga, having sex, going to parties, lying rejecting your faith uh and almost everybody would be welcomed by super sexy jesus and be taken to heaven like it was always the most handsome man in the church playing jesus um but like the most tanned or olive skinned just so they could be you know while one or two people on stage would have the devil arrive with hordes of demons and be dragged into hell literally dragged into hell like with a actual like terrifying makeup and like prosthetic job for the devil. And we had one guy who he was amazing. His name was Brian. Um, He always played like some sort of evil character because he was six foot five, had a very deep voice and he always had the like Vincent Price facial hair. And he just did a beautiful job with it. Like I looked up to him. He was a bassist. He was so cool. Um, And like, Someone's got to do it. Dragged to hell. Like, dragged into hell. And this was billed as family entertainment to bring everyone to. What is it with people liking other, watching Mm -hmm. other people die? It's fucked up. Now, the first year the show came to our church, I freaked out and had nightmares for weeks. I wasn't in it, but I saw it. So the next Mm -hmm. year when it came, there was only one way that I could get through it, and that was be in it. I was a star on a rise and you could not tell me otherwise. So clearly I had to do this. I was cast as a drug dealer. And, and since we all had to provide our own costumes, by the way, this was my chance. Uh, As the, as the kid who was friends with the goth kids, 
um, mm-hmm. because they were the only ones who would be nice to me. Uh, my mom took me to the newly opened Hot Topic in our mall, and I got a faux fur black shirt with dice buttons that were metal and trip Fuck pants, yeah. and I got to dye my hair burgundy. And everybody was like, Grace, you took Matthew to Hot Topic? It's a devil store. Uh, and she was like, it's fine. It's for a show. He's not that way. <laughs> Joke's on her. Um it was, I'm like, that entire look is back. <laughs> I was everything. It was everything. And every night I got dragged to hell for leading two good Christian girls astray and selling them cocaine. Um, but I also got to beg at the feet of sexy Jesus. So, like, I think that's why I like older men. <laughs> I, almost, I just choked on my uh, And if I remember correctly, one scene, someone's skin actually gets ripped off. Of their body oh. when they're being dragged to hell. Yeah. Like, it's a whole thing. Um, Absolutely not. And at the end of the show, the minister leader that came around with the show comes up, gives a short message with inspirational Christian music like Michael W. Smith playing in the light of the world. He came down into darkness. Or everybody's singing, our God is an awesome, is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven and above with wings. And, and all the teenagers... All the teenagers and all the teenagers are doing sign language because everybody knew sign language uh, for all their Christian music to be Mm -hmm, inspirational. mm -hmm. Um, And they invited people forward to accept Christ, commit to the church and recommit their lives if they've fallen astray. So on a business level, while most churches are not for profit, like they can't be if they want to not pay taxes, their revenue comes from tithing and donations. And how do you get more tithes and donations? Well, you do special events like this and mm-hmm. you just get more people in the church. The business of churches is to get as many people as you can in and get them involved and mm-hmm. give them so much to do. So everybody, because there's this bullshit thing of like tithing 18% or whatever. So if you've got income families on like double incomes that work for the government, like it's not great, but we had really wealthy people in my church. Like 18% from a dual f- income family, like you are getting that money in. Absolutely. And so you just want more people. Now, this was a new way to get people in, in the way that the roadside revivals did in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Now, in one way, I live for the excess extravagant theatricality. Like, Jesus Christ Superstar could never. Also, I was could told never. I told that that musical was evil uh, growing up. Uh, but also, like, the Methodist church that did Godspell every summer at their Bible camp could never. Um <laughs> But theater has this amazing power to tell stories. It changes lives. It changes people's minds. Mm -hmm. But what happens when we use that power of storytelling and manipulation to traumatize people to accept your religion and convert? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not good. And that's what I really think we're going to talk about a lot today. Now, a few years ago, I met a dramaturg and director whose doctoral work was playing with the idea of what happens if you force an audience to witness an act of violence they didn't consent to to witness are you then committing a greater act of violence on that audience it sounds like shen yun so yeah so there's a lot to unpack there about this kind of thing of this like mass indoctrination it's very televangelist it's the same people who are like you could make the world a better place for 45 dollars the week send us that money or you know sally struthers convincing everyone to send those poor little african kids money for food mm-hmm. like these are all those things that like we see we witness but it's, you know, it's also like when the Democratic Party, the day road versus Wade got rolled back, like instead of doing their job, they went, we need your donations to continue to fight. And it's like, 
Yeah, marketing's then, expensive, but like, how fucking dare you? We're grieving yeah. the loss of rights. Like, and then didn't they sing like 525? Like, oh, Seasons of Love. Love, yes. Well, and then also, like, this is also the same thing as like when COVID started and all the Hollywood celebrities did Imagine and it was the most... Oh, so toned the most out of touch thing ever and makes you realize that like those people literally could not exist with real people like ever because it's not the oh, same no. thing so it's just there's just so much to this to unpack and like you know this is a it is available on youtube for everyone to watch don't buy it on amazon please do not support this company but i encourage you to go watch it on youtube because it's literally a church in ohio so it's like lower than community theater level production like it's crunchy um em and i might even watch it together and give you all a patreon exclusive episode or a bonus episode because it is just <laughs> it's something like i tried watching a little a bit film. i love watch i tried watching a little bit and i just could could not um, well it seems like it's something that you need to like watch with commentary yes. and someone else to mm-hmm. be like because if you don't then you're just like i'm just watching or watch it with friends and then go and, and decompress I- it at the bar after yeah, like, you know. yeah. Like when, when, and if, if and when we watch this, uh, yeah. I am going to have to have a mega glass. Of wine. Oh, and I will be consuming edibles. Like it will be, <laughs> like it will be. It's gonna be a lot because you know it, that's the one moment of it's like maybe I will have some weird. But like it, this all started from me looking back on this and thinking about it and going, oh, that was really like theatrical. Like think about yeah. the scale we were producing to reach so many people because like. In three nights, probably 7,000 people saw that show in my community of 200,000 people. So when you're looking at it on a number that high, like, that's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Like, or or the next thing I'm going to talk about, we ran for three weekends. And when it's a rotating show. So in that same year, I was part of another theatrical experience that was set up for religious conversion. And when I was... Part of said experience, I, yeah. So it's called Judgment House. Uh-oh. Now, Judgment House is a Florida-based, because of course it is, organization that prepares these scripts that create a walkthrough, immersive theatrical experience that, and I quote, presents the truth of people's choices versus the consequences of those decisions in both this life and the next. Like a haunted house? Yeah. It's an effective tool to present the gospel and give individuals the opportunity to choose a personal and saving relationship with Jesus Christ or a disastrous afterlife. In addition, Judgment House continues to have an amazing impact on the church body or the ministry that holds a presentation of their own. That is directly from their website. Talk about instilling fear mm-hmm. to like get oh, people to do what you want. Just you wait. So the main oh, point, is, there are two main points. It's to bring people into your church who normally come to a church event by showing, you know, they're not people that would come to something like this. So they're mm-hmm. going to show them faith in Christ through something that they would normally go see as a movie and see the lost get saved. And then it's also to see God's people revitalized in their spiritual walk and work. I mean, this is also a church where 
on Wednesday nights, we did, and Saturday nights, we did a lot of really in-depth education and classes and things about like Satanism, but things now that are like so satanic panic or learning about Mormonism mm -hmm. or having people that were like lost member, members of the congregation who like used to be like sex workers and things. And this is not against sex workers or in like who converted and cleaned their lives up. So now they're like teaching assistants, but like they have been given the gift of the Lord to exercise demons. So hearing this woman talk to my youth group about how the ice cream shop I love to go to, one of the young men that works there was possessed by a demon and had black eyes and she exercised it. Like all of these things that like should have been red flags then, but now I just go, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely. And like being terrified for years. Like it's where a lot of like yeah. my weird, like, fears come from so like on yeah. their website you can find a partner organization nationally that is presenting the judgment house so you can attend or support the show itself is set up just like a horror house or a haunted house taking an audience in groups through each scene following characters through life choices that end in death then we follow them into the afterlife. One of the characters ends up going to heaven. The other character and the audience are taken to a terrifying hellscape of hell. You follow each character being played by different actors in each room, all in the same color t-shirt, so you can kind of follow the story. So I was too scared to actually do the event because a big Weenie Hut Jr. here. So like, I participated uh, so that I could be part of it and see some of it, and I was in a party scene. So, of course, mm -hmm. it's a teenage story about drunk driving and rebelling and blah, 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 and sex and everything. And so I brought my American Pie 2 soundtrack, played some 41 Fat Lip, which was much to the youth pastor's chagrin. But I was like, we can't play Christian music or not have music at, a, like, a drinking party. Um, and, and drinking parties don't play Jesus music. Ever. They play some 41. <laughs> which all I can think of is the vines. Welcome to Bible study. We're all children of God. As someone is doing a line of cocaine. <laughs> is it Christine Sindelko? I think did that. But like and now and now at those drinking parties, it would be like, you won't break my soul. It's you true. Break my soul. It's so true. So this particular version, and so like they do a new script every year, but you can pick from the different ones. Um, and depending on what your church does, like we were a huge church. So you really made people walk around and we separated the rooms so that your tour guide had room to talk in between. Now the story ended up in a horrific car accident that was out on the church lawn with actors hanging out of actually demoed cars from real car accidents, dripping in blood, organs falling out. And this was a time where a lot of teenagers in my area were dying from drunk car accidents, being hit by drunk drivers. So you were then taken to heaven and then taken into a hot enclosed basement where the path was surrounded by chain link fence angry music all these things people grabbing at you screaming and then when i say enclosed enclosed like even as a Sounds teenager awful. my shoulders were just broad enough to get through okay. and it, and then you were taken into a massive counseling room and passed off alone to christian counselors and no. split up from your group and convinced to accept the lord or commit to then be an outreach person to be to be a, a strong leader so this is another situation of putting people through an actual horrific event. Then yeah. they're scared almost to death and convince yeah. them that they need your religion. That is so fucking fucked up. Like, yeah, because it's like, what are your options? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Choose a or choose a like you 
there is no B. And it's 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 that hellfire and brimstone thing, or it's also like when cults will do sleep deprivation and other things. Mm-hmm. Like this is all just cult tactics. Like yeah. we had people passing out, having panic attacks in the hell room. Many people were so inconsolable after the car accident, and then were forced into the other scenes through the rest of the show, like literal cult programming. Yeah, that's that's so. And like for anyone who's getting upset at home because they are faith-based, they are Christian, we're not talking about the people who are actually following Christ's message and Christ's mission because I can't take religion from away from anybody if this is serving for you, but you are serving people and not hurting them or getting in the way of anyone's rights, then like, I want to remind everyone again that Jesus was a brown, queer, queer, militant socialist who would have spoken out against the people who say that they today would speak in his name. Yeah. So Jesus would have seen this and be like, this is not what I, I meant. Am not this is not what I meant. This. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's like, can, is there a way that I can flip this building over? Because this is bullshit. Like, especially trauma, the traumatizing mm-hmm. aspect of it, where it's just like, where's the love and light? Like, yeah. where is the loving Christ in this? Like, where is that all of you are my children? Like, where is the forgiveness? And also, it's just like, where, where is the humanity and letting mm-hmm. people make mistakes in their life and learn from them? Like, I think, like, here's the thing, like you said with the drunk driving thing, like, I, I've, I've seen those displays before, like on college cam- at Muhlenberg mm-hmm. campus, they would put, they would just put like, well, actually, it was actually kind of theatrical. They would put a car that was crushed. Nobody would be like hanging out of it. But then they'd have like, what they have people like in bandages. I'm thinking about it now. And they like had an ambulance there. So I feel like it was a little theatrical, but like it was kind of like an art display mm-hmm. of being like, that can be effective and mm-hmm. that can resonate with people. But when you add that like trauma on top of the real trauma that got that car to that position, mm-hmm. it's just like, fucking calm down well and like with heaven's gates house flames i believe one of the scenes is where a girl is talking to another girl about their friend that committed suicide and the Mm -hmm. whole thing is when they go to heaven um the one girl was like jesus is she there jesus is he there and she just turns her back on his back on her and then she gets like brought out by the devil on like a collar chain like so it's also saying that like people that struggle with mental illness, which like that was also a time where we had like middle-aged oh. women who were part of the church were like committing suicide. Like it was just a thing that was happening. And so, you know, it's just, it's awful. all it's of so these things, like it was sorry. a time where a lot of, you know, but it was also like the time where, you know, satanic panic was at like a peak. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and like everyone cr- recruits for their causes and their religions. I mean, theater people we do it with theater camps like it just happens but traumatizing people then putting them one-on-one with a counselor that is so fucking low and like we were a church where like once we get your info we would we would have someone go to your house to follow up with you and visit with you and just make sure you're doing okay like around the same time they had the boys because of course the boys and girls were separated when we were doing ministry Mm -hmm. stuff And, like, we went around to, like, kids that had come to the church for the first time because they always have people filling out, like, the first time thing. And, like, we went around to all these houses to, like, visit with them to convince them to keep coming, even though maybe they'd gone with their aunt or gone with their friend one Sunday because there was a sleepover on Saturday. Like, so, Em, we're to our last thing. 
And so I'm going to bring us to where I currently live, which is Orlando, Florida. And a now defunct amusement park experience that when it opened in 2001 was said that it would eventually rival Disney and Universal, bringing half a million Christians to Orlando every year, which is funny because I think we bring a half a million people to, or, you know, to Universal every week. Um, this was called the Holy Land Experience. Yep. Now, it was set right on the edge of I-4, just east of Universal Studios, on a plot of land that was purchased by a ministry group called Zion Hope in 1989. Now, Zion Hope was created by a group that we called, growing up, Messianic Jews, who were people who converted from Judaism to Christianity. And they decided that after selling some land back to the city, or to the city of Orlando, to expand I-4... They were going to invest in a safe vacation space for Christian families. And while it featured no actual rides, it featured museums, attractions like mini golf, shopping in, in, in real, um, I was going to say medieval, in real biblical times. Like you had the Herod's palace. You had all of these things that you can still see from the edge of I-4. Yeah. Uh, and like a scale model of Jesus' Jerusalem. Zion, of course, felt that they should be tax exempt. Like as an organization and do. as a theme park, because they said the theme park was not there to make money. The theme park was there to witness and enrich the lives of Christians. And so the, the city and state originally said, you can fuck all the fucks off. But until a very conservative judge that was head of Orange County overturned the ruling saying that they had to offer one free day a month of admission to qualify, saving them from the 160,000 plus dollars a year in taxes that they would owe. Plus they back owed. The park also came under fire since a huge part of its focus was on slandering Jewish people to convince Jews to convert since its leader, Marvin Rosenthal was converted and was an evangelical am, pastor. Yeah, yeah. It's ooey. Now, I am a gog. I am a The park never pulled what was expected. And in 2001, sitting, or 2011, 10 years after they opened, sitting at $8 million in debt, Trinity Broadcasting Network bought the land around it and the amusement park for $32 million with plans to make it a site for their new movie studios to base Christian blockbusters in and operate their televangelism network from. Now, you know, Jan Crouch, the lady with the big pastel hair, the bad mascara running down her face, sitting on a big throne, giving you like a bad Tammy Faye impersonation. Mm -hmm. That's this network, like the mm -hmm. televangelism that came out of Jerry Falwell, all of those things. Well, with Trinity now taking over the park, and trying to revitalize it, they introduced large-scale entertainment. So shows, roaming performers, shops people, Roman soldiers, Jesus and the apostles. You could even pay for a meet and greet with Jesus and he would pray with you. There were several indoor shows featuring major biblical Old Testament people who rejected God, but then Jesus saved, showed up to like save them and tell them they were forgiven as like a thing that they were, you know, and the shows were only presented like once a day and they did like three or four of them leading up to the big three o'clock show. Now, I have never been there. I've seen videos of all the shows and I will say something is that it had huge production value, but they also famously like underpaid 
everyone. Oh, yeah. Because sure. when Trinity came in, they, of course, let, they went, oh, we're outsourcing a lot of these things uh, from the departments, and we are having apartments run with bare minimum people. So you would see the people ringing you up at the, during, you know, at one thirty would then be in the three o'clock show. And they would also always be like, you'd ask them like, how are you? And they go, I'm wonderful because I'm radiating the light of my Lord Jesus Christ. So like major, like religious compound vibes. Seriously. That is so much. Now what we're going to talk about right now is what happened at 3 PM every day. Oh, don't, don't. Now, now no, the rest of the, I, now the, no, now the rest, no. now the rest of the park would close and they forced everyone to watch and participate in a show that was called The Passion. We no. shall, we shall behold him. Now, passion plays have existed in the Catholic church as part of cycle yep. plays since medieval times. Like the passions are, it's why the movie, The Passion of the Christ is called The Passion of the Christ. I um, mean, what I was talking about earlier, that's, yeah. that, that was our we yeah. did it every, mm-hmm. I feel like we did it twice. It was like always every Palm Sunday yep. and then every Good Friday. Yeah, that makes sense. And the 80-minute show happened in a mostly uncovered outdoor venue that included the actor playing Jesus. Now let's get this. So there is an announcement ahead of time that uh, tells people not to assault the devil. The person playing the devil, they are just an actor who is part of the uh, evangelistic group. So please do not because someone slapped him. Um, and <laughs> and that this is not actually Jesus. His name is Les and he is a huge part of the evangelical community there. He's doing God's work, but do not be afraid. So th- that person literally said, not today, Satan, and slapped them. Yeah, they said a woman walked up because she was so angry at what was happening with Jesus. Because it goes through most of Jesus's life and right. does the like tempting in the in the desert, which was the first big point leading up to his crucifixion. Like if you're, you know, in that story. But when the- Listen, Les- Les was a good actor. Well, let's get in on this because Les was not just an actor. He was appointed by God to play Jesus because he was led by the spirit. So during the show, you it went through and did like Jesus's miracles. Like it's like a typical passion place until he asked anyone who had ailments in the audience after he, this was after he like raised Lazarus from the dead as part of the show. He then said, does anybody have back pain in the audience? My disciples, my loves who has back pain, stand up and went around faith healing people, laying hands on them to heal them. Mostly old people because that's who they pulled in. But like actually faith healing, which is then where the very goon mafia, like Roman soldiers came in and let everything up. And M when I tell you that the 11 o'clock number in the show was a crucifixion. They had Jesus whipped. They were whipping him. He was covered shirtless in blood, dragging the cross through the Florida heat up to an actual stone above the audience to be fully fucking crucified. All while like Christian rock music is blasting. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. And then after the show, like, of course, Jesus rose. Everything was fine. It was then encouraged for everyone to go speak to their counselors in the One World Nations Chapel oh Center. God. 
on occasions my church growing up would actually do this as part of their Easter pageant uh, or service and when I tell you I was traumatized by like again one of the hottest guys in the church like they had a real Roman soldier it was typically the guy that played the devil Brian with an actual whip like whipping oh. Jesus down the aisle and then they crucified him live on stage um, now looking back I like to quote saved when I go mm, that's what I call hung on a cross because uh, oh. <laughs> we were very correct in our costuming very correct in our costuming I'm making jokes because like this is really kind of traumatic to talk about but like be gay do crimes so like when I was little I was traumatized by it but also I think it's why I like fit brunette guys with beards and long hair to this day I mean I mean they've got it tight they do we do we do uh but like M, what are your yes, thoughts about all of this? Like I'm, I my my ass is, has has left my body. Like I'm just, it's like my like like growing up in a Catholic church was has its trauma. But I gotta say, like it's peanuts compared to this. Yeah, like this is a new <laughs> level of fucked. It's new level, like, and it's it's wild because so many of the things you're saying, I'm like, oh well, that sounds like mm -hmm. multi level marketing. Mm -hmm. Oh well, that sounds like a cult. Like, it's just wild the the amount of um, different areas of secular mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. that it draws from to pull people in, mm -hmm. and then like even this like one on one, it's very therapy driven. Yeah. Where, and that's where I think so many things in like, I mean, so, so many things in just like counseling, mm -hmm. faith driven counseling where that's, it's very biased. I don't care and what the unqualified. fuck you say. And unqualified most of the time, whether it's marriage counseling, whether it's like, just like therapy, like per, in-person therapy, like I, it, it's. It's dangerous. It's just dangerous. I mean, these are the same people who are doing conversion therapy on kids yeah, and adults. Yes. Like, this is the same kind of thing. I mean, in they, Trinity famously came under uh, heavy allegations because they were funneling so much um, donation money into the theme park because it never broke even. Like, every few years, it was $32 million, $12 million. And finally, like, it got down to the end where they, they were only able to put in, like, $280,000 a year because of it. But it was just hemorrhaging so they were just laying people off and it finally came down to it that like of course they were the one organization that said because they were religion when COVID hit that they should be allowed to be open to serve the community with no masks on they wanted to stay open oh yes this is a recent like it just closed in April of 2020 because they, as soon as the theme parks were able to like start reopening like a month in, they wouldn't, they, you didn't have to wear a mask there. And what they were doing to keep their tax exempt status was they were open like three days a week, no entertainment or anything, no food. Like, so you could just come and experience it and be counseled and like languish in the world. Like they wanted, like they said it was supposed to be the most immersive take you back in time thing ever. And it just wasn't, it was like cardboard cutouts and bad fiberglass animals and like all these things. Like it was just. Okay. Awful. If you want to go back to that time, if you think that was the time that you deserve to live in, you don't get a phone. You don't get to have mm -hmm. any of the things mm -hmm. that like people in the modern age. We're donating get all of your goods and money to charity, and we're gonna stone you and your wife. Yeah. Yeah. 
and your kids are going to be taken away and sold as uh, uh, prostitutes and slaves. And we're just going to do that. Let's, you know, if you want to be, if you want to go back to the time where Christians were being persecuted, if y'all want to talk about being persecuted, come to the park. We can have it be persecuted. I'm not, I do not actually condone violence towards anyone based on religion, but also stop letting your religion condone violence on the bodies of me and my friends. So like, I'm allowed to be angry. Absolutely. And all I can think of is sitting under the Florida sun with no cover for 80 minutes at 3 p.m. in Orlando. That's awful. There would be a moment that I go, if there was a God, that bitch has forsaken us. Like, come <laughs> on. Now, God is literally like, this isn't me. That ain't me. <laughs> now, everyone, all of this is available online. So, M, if you are up for it, we are going to watch a short clip from 2019 of the end of the show and we're gonna just respond for everybody and give just a guttural i haven't watched this emma's not watched this yet so we see jesus being pushed by goonie goonie uh soldiers covered in blood covered in blood and none of the soldiers are in the same costume pieces they're all missing things not a great wardrobe (laughs) team i'm sure they weren't getting paid and you have children in the front row i want to tell everyone we have children in the front row People are filming it on their phones. Of so they course can have they it are. Of course they are. That woman in the teal is going through the greatest religious experience of her life. So they're literally taking him on top Climbing of this giant Calvary Hill. You hear Mary sobbing somewhere. He's got people who look like they were at Caesar's Palace in Vegas costumes. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is like you got Mary Magdalene and Simon and Mary, Mother of Christ. Who's covered in black in the in the. Orlando Sun. Girl, head to toe, like full. And just so everyone is aware, no one is, like actors are tying this other actor to this cross. Like I feel so nauseous watching this. Ah, 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 you can hear the nail. Ah, ah. Now they're they're, they're doing it. They're doing something. Like I'm sure if I'd seen this as a teenager, I would have wept so inspired. Oh, I I would have been like, I used to get very, and probably would now, because it triggers just something in me. It's like, if it's very overwhelming. Like, when I watch the, mm-hmm. the movie Passion of the Christ, like, that itself is its own So, um, just so everyone knows, there's a baby crying just in for whoever's uh, doing mm-hmm. this. And the, the three actors playing the Roman soldiers have raised the Christ on their own, the cross on their own. It's just... How, are, are, how is he being held up? hands being held up are they like is it twine oh well i mean all of his weight is on one leg yeah he's very much in the pose yeah he's in in the the pose yep like oh and a a jet just flew over (laughs) very period (laughs) no this is just like i mean they are giving theater they are giving performance that mary She's giving more than any Disney princess ever has over at Disney. I got to tell you, you know what she did at the Christmas pageants? She kissed her baby doll. Yes, she head. did. She made yes, a she choice. Did. Oh my she God. looked up and she says, anybody going to represent me? Whew. And then from there it would go on. Jesus would raise like he would be put in. Oh, now I'm getting. Oh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, this is from Jesus the film. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, and what are what are your thoughts about this? To know that it happened every single day that they were open 
Fuck that. Fuck That's that. so messed up. Fuck that. Also, that poor... I can't even, like, even if you were the most devout Christian ever, I can't imagine literally willingly living through that every day. But, I mean, I guess the man thought he was a faith healer and, like given gifts from God and things. So like who, I, I don't. I just like, I just don't get it. Like I just, I don't get the continuous like beratement of reliving that moment over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. It's just like, wh- why is that the thing that's consistently focused mm-hmm. on? And so like that, it's like, it just instills so much fear and mm-hmm. so much shame for something that nobody in this generation or anyone that would ever see it would ever have been a part of. Yep. And it's just like, so, so let me get this right. Let me get this right. Yeah. I'm supposed to be ashamed. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm also thinking about the audience mm-hmm. that comes and that puts money into go seeing these things especially if we've said that these people have had ties to the insurrection right and those people sweeping accusation but i allegedly i'm gonna guess those are also probably the same people that don't want to have critical race theory and oh of course those are probably also the people that don't like progress Mm -hmm. and yet and yet you will take (laughs) you will take your children and your family to see something where your liver literally like, hey, sit and watch this and feel shame for being a human being mm-hmm. where he had to die for your sins and think about every choice you make and think about like everywhere that like you want to go in life and what choices were made to put that person on the cross to die for your sins. And so like shame is connected to that and fear is connected to that. Mm-hmm. And yet we won't teach our children and that that event happened yes that event happened jesus christ was murdered on a cross and and we have put so much religious like backing behind it Mm -hmm. and and so many people in our country are willing to put like so much fanaticism behind it and yet we can't do the simple job of just teaching what people not too far off from our lineage have done to people not too far off from their ancestors have had to experience Mm -hmm. and we can't connect the two in any way, shape or form. Like it's just like, Oh no, 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 no. That shame. That's not connected to me. Mm -hmm. I, my, my ancestors did something else, but like I will make my, my family feel connected to the shame of what Mm -hmm. put that man on the cross. And it's just like, what the fuck? Also explaining away Christian based violence historically towards mm-hmm. other groups in the name of mm. making a safer world for everybody, like the Crusades, mm-hmm. Spanish Inquisition, Salem Witch Trials, like all of these things. Like these are the people, like to get real for a minute, because that's what we're here for, that are part of the cult that represent less than 38% of Americans whose religion and personal views are now dictating the lives of every American in the country every american across the world who is mm-hmm. left for you know whatever reason but it's also there they don't want education they don't they want their religion of their magic book to dictate everything for everybody and they were le- they represent less like a third of everyone see i didn't even realize it was that i that might not little. Even, it might, yeah it's it's something like after all like cuz it's something that like only 
it's it's something like 72% of people, 83% of people support accessibility to things like abortion and everything and don't see abortion as an issue because they see it as a healthcare thing. And it's such a small group of people. It's like 18% of people that agree that it should be like outlawed and illegal and that it's murder. Like these are things that like these people are dictating so much and they know exactly what they're doing. They are using, they're they're using the manipulation tactics. They are using all of these things that, Mm have been used in theater marketing or, or are the same things that are used in good shows to make change or bring voices of reason and things. They're the same things that are being used for absolute evil. Yeah. And it's just ironic that it's just like you're, you're casting people to play the devil when honey, the devil's behind the director's chair. Like <laughs> devil's in the blue dress friends. Devil is in the details. The devil wears pride. If you're willing to call everybody else, the devil, you might be the devil. Yeah, it's like there's a common denominator and it you. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do we move forward? Because thankfully, Holy Land Experience did close in 2020 of April, but was bought by another religious organization here in Orlando called Advent Health, their Seventh Day of Venice hospital chain. I had the displeasure of working for them last year at Walt Disney World. Um, but they do say that they want to turn it into a state of the art medical facility to further the health and discovery of medicine, which I think is actually a beautiful thing to do. Cause that, yeah, but for who? Well, I mean, I will say the nice <laughs> thing is Advent Health serves everyone. I know lots of queer people that work for them. They're That's who I good. get my insurance through. Like, so it really depends on who you get. But like for the first time ever, I have doctors who listen to me when I speak. Didn't well, just say, good. yeah, like don't blame it on my health. Don't blame mm-hmm. it on my queerness or whatever, which is really mm-hmm. nice. But that is, again, on a person-to-person basis. I've met a lot of people in the organization that are just evil and spiteful and religious-based. But... You know, so they are first and foremost medical based, all these things. They were kind of at the center of making sure Central Florida was prepared for COVID and we're getting things through. So that was great. But that's great. then. Yeah. So that is really nice to see that that is where it was gone, because at first everybody was like, oh, my God, is Advent Health taking over fucking the Holy Land experience? But it's just it's it's just appalling that. These are things that are still happening. And what I do think is funny is this is one of maybe 50 attempted religious-based amusement parks in the last Mm. 70 years. And every Mm. one of them has failed. Every single one of them has failed. But um, it's just how do we counteract and how do we... Because I do think it's our job as like people who are artists and storytellers to like... yeah speak against this kind of use of theatrical storytelling. It's like why a lot yeah. of times I'll talk about a show where I just go like, to me, I find Dear Evan Hansen is really not helpful to the long, like long-term goal of talking about mental health in theater mm. or like kinky boots is not particularly helpful with queer people telling queer stories. Like there are things that I'm happy exist, I guess. Like I wish Dear Evan Hansen didn't, but like how do we, this is a prime example of how we use theater as a tool for chaos and evil. How do we make sure, is there a way to make sure that we can move forward and make sure that we're always using our powers for good versus making sure we're calling out things like this. If something like this would ever happen again. I think I honestly think, and I think how many times can I say, I think it, it seems as if 
this type of worship and this type of um, theatrics is dying out um, because unless there's like another satanic panic in the future, like, which I don't think there will be because of the age that we're in with TikTok and social media and information. Um, also, Dungeons and Dragons is way too popular right now. Thanks yeah. to Stranger Things. <laughs> but like, there, I could see unless people got really, really smart and started to use different mediums mm-hmm. to to type to to bring this type of theatrics and indoctrination which honestly tiktok is a place where that could absolutely happen and i i've seen some weird tiktoks where i'm just like what the fuck is this weird Mm -hmm. like christian based tiktok like get the fuck out like Mm -hmm. get off my for you page um so i could see something like that happening if there's enough loud people and we've seen that this type of evangelism this type of these type of usually Republican extremists and like they will use propaganda. They will use social media and memes to their benefit because they had nothing else to fucking do. And so they get loud there. Do I, but like I, I could see it transforming into different ways because people get so um, all up in their feelings with their idea of Christ's mission when the mission is <laughs> – so left behind or litter or if anything like the progressives have taken it on and Mm -hmm. we're just like we're just trying to be good people like um i think it will always be this type of behavior this type of indoctrination and the use of storytelling um i think is always going to have to be spoken out about because if anything like things that you had to experience these shows that you had to be part of, like that's so in your face that I don't think those will be around much longer. They're dying out. But I think like, I think we need to be careful about the storytelling that we put into TV film, Mm -hmm. the storytelling that we put into podcasts, the storytelling Mm -hmm. that we put into TikTok because they're getting, sometimes they're getting louder with certain types of TikToks, but also they're getting clever. Mm -hmm. They're getting subtle. And it's like, or even in like books, like a Rachel Hollis book, like I'm reading it and I'm like, this feels fucking icky when mm-hmm. I'm reading it. So I had to close it and I was like, oh, it's a crazy Christian book. Like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like, I think storytelling can always be used for good or evil. And I think it's just going to have to take us continuously keeping ourselves in check, continuously like keeping keeping our production teams in check mm-hmm. and like who 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 is the story serving what are we trying to say who's behind it all like what's the major corporations that are running mm-hmm. it and putting the money into it because that's usually where the main message is coming from and then like hey do i do i blame these actors and people working at this park no everybody's got to everybody's got to make a fucking paycheck everybody's got bills to pay mm-hmm. but like there's got to be part of them that goes that that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Or I mean, even worse. No, I think you've said everything. I will say that Judgment House and Heaven's Gates House Flames are still going with a fervor. They're not stopping wow. anytime soon. So like, so if you cool. find that they're happening in your area, use TikTok, use social media, use it to make mm-hmm. sure the community knows what's happening so that people who are 
lost or confused or like just yeah. don't know better go to these events because everybody looks for something spooky to do and of course having uh judgment house is always in october always oh of course um so it's just you know i but it's 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 also like this is also being recorded in like the weeks after paradise square there's just so much that we have a point now that you have to call out bullshit when you see it so like this is those things of like people are going to always have religion and i'm not saying don't have religion don't be religious but like if you are weaponizing it like the way this is weaponized call it out it needs to stop it's just straight up weaponizing Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the word of a guy that said be fucking good to people Mm -hmm. be good to the people who are going through Mm -hmm. it the most because those are the people i care about and we're like oh so that means hate the gays Mm -hmm. so that means Mm -hmm. love thy neighbor love thy neighbor only white dudes yeah well, and it's also like, also be careful the work that you're producing because you can weaponize things in the opposite way. You can get so extremist mm-hmm. with things. So we just need to be, it's having the self-awareness to know that what is happening around us. And also because everybody's so desperate for work right now, make sure you're aware of what's happening around you. Watch the people that you're in a company with, watch the people that you work for and call it out. Yeah. No one should be afraid People that they're going to get hired. People show you who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and do not be, be not afraid, as as the Jesus of Christ said. Em, I know this was a heavy one. Thank you coming on this journey with me. Oh, thank you for for sharing everything. And also, like, thank you for, like, making it known. Because I would have thought that this shit would have been done in the 90s. And, me too. Like, not, mm-hmm. And, like, not still around. Mm-hmm. So... That is good to know, and it will be yet another thing I put in my pocket, and I tell people to fucking stop that shit. Before the Wicked Witch of the West and those gals from Salem, there was Circe, the captivating and kind of catastrophic Greek witch who did more than just turn men into pigs. I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. Join us this fall on Circling Circe, the podcast where we talk about Madeline Miller's incredible book, Circe. We go through the novel chapter by chapter. We laugh. We cry. From laughing. We swoon over Daedalus and other Greek hotties and talk way too much about food, life, and scented candles. I'm hydrated. I'm ready. I'm pumped to talk about Greek gods and titans. (laughs) Let's do this. Lasagna is not supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be eaten hot, stupid. Who just looked at the cow and was like, hey, sexy, moo right over here. It's (laughs) 11.45. I need to go eat my liver. My Prometheus pate. (laughs) And Granny's like, get out. We post every Wednesday, so mark your calendars. Make like Scylla. Grab a sailor. And dive in. Find Circling Circe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, do you want to do an outro? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Is that your outro? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Exit Stage Death is brought to you by Dreamer Productions. This episode was audio engineered and edited by Maddie Limerick. And our theme is Antisocial Dance Party by Brett Eagleston from the Let's Rewatch podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Stage Death Podcast. On Twitter at Stage Death Pod. And send us your favorite chilling theater stories at Stage Death Podcast at gmail.com. 
You can find us on Patreon.com at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of $2 a month keeps quality content coming your way on your favorite podcatcher app. Join us for more chilling true stories on the next episode of Exit Stage Death. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.